I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway. So this podcast always talks about things about musical theaters and place. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about Bonnie and Clyde. All right. So um, a brief synopsis of Bonnie and Clyde. This is a musical about the real lives of the criminal pair Bonnie and Clyde. So it's based on a true story. And uh, these pair committed armed robberies mainly, and they lived in the American South throughout the Great Depression. So have you heard of Bonnie and Clyde before this musical episode? I have, and it's actually really interesting because I got to know about them from K-pop. No way! Oh, (laughs) the song Bonnie and Clyde! No, it's not the song. Do you know the the unit Troublemaker? Yeah. Yeah, so they released a song, this is years ago, by the way. They had a Mm -hmm. song called Now, and then okay. I think in their music video, they're supposed to be Bonnie and Clyde. I'm not oh. really sure, but that's one of the theories I read when the song was released. And okay. they were really big, like during my high school year, I guess. So I listened to the song and I was like, oh, Bonnie and Clyde, that's interesting. Like, who are they? And then that's when I, you know, read their Wikipedia page and got to know them in more details, I guess. Yeah. What about you? When you though? said K-pop, I was sure you were going to talk about like the song that Dean made. Um, did you follow any of his music? Deem? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I do listen to some of his songs, but I don't yeah. follow him very much. And I know that there is another song called Bonnie and Clyde. Yes. From, if it's like a group called G-Idol, I think. I heard of G-Idol and I think I know a few of their songs, but I don't follow them. But yeah, for me, I feel like this is something that always existed in like the cultural consciousness, like Bonnie and Clyde as a pair. It's kind of like Thelma and Louise always existed in the cultural consciousness so I kind of absorbed that so I knew vaguely of them I didn't really know about them and then the musical came out in 2012 I believe and it was a major flop by the way it was oh, really, really? really a big flop um I think it got like what 35 or so performances on Broadway and then it got promptly shut down and it got nominated only for like a couple of Tonys and it won zero of them it didn't win any awards but I uh, was performing sometimes some songs for like uh, a youth group we were having and my friends and I were always like debating or thinking about songs we can perform as a pair and I think Picture Show was one of the songs we were heavily considering on performing together we didn't so I learned about it from doing all the research about like duets Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I listened to probably around half the songs there. I didn't listen to the whole entire thing, but I listened to at least half, if not like three quarters or something of uh, all the songs. So I knew about the musical probably the same year or a year after it came out. And that's when I looked more heavily into Bonnie and Clyde, like into their story and stuff. Even though it was a big flop, I surprisingly enjoyed it a lot. So I think uh, we're going to have a very good positive discussion about this so your introduction was k-pop my introduction was my real introduction i'd say was the musical itself did you have any familiarity with the musical before i brought it up no okay i don't know if you had the experience but a lot of the time when i ever put like my music on shuffle and it just like goes to the radio setting and like lists a bunch of musical related songs um so i did hear some of the songs quite repeatedly I I found them again and again so I was quite familiar with them did you hear hear any of them before no not at all everything is new okay do you do that at all like the shuffle thing 
I sometimes do it, but I find it very hard to remember a song if I have no context on like the plot, if mm. that makes sense. So like you know how musical songs, a lot of times there is a dialogue in between mm-hmm. of the song. And for me, it's really hard to like something if I don't know what's going on. Right. That makes yeah. sense. I feel like I can relate to that because if I listen to a non-English musical or more specifically a musical in a language I don't understand, I have to hear the same song like 50 times in order for me to remember it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it probably is a similar concept of not being able to piece together what they're saying and therefore it's not as memorable in my mind. Yeah, I prefer to watch it and listen to it. That makes it a lot of sense actually now that you're saying it because my method is always to listen to it first, the cast recording, and then watch it. So it makes sense why your method is always watching it first. Yeah. Even yeah, I now. guess so. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I feel like I unlocked some kind of like secret code or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if you know, like, I don't know, because we have so different methods of like going into a musical. I'm really curious to see if other people have their own pattern or like a, a way that they prefer to get into a musical to listen to those songs what so. I suspect is a lot of people will follow my way out of necessity so musicals are not the most accessible thing in the world especially if you don't live in a big city like Toronto New York That's London, and stuff like that so the only thing they can do is listen to cast recordings and if they're lucky then she see some bootlegs or if they're really really lucky they have like um what is it, a road tour or whatever a tour of the musical coming but that probably doesn't happen too, too often. So a lot of the ways that I can listen to it is only through cast recording. Mm-hmm. So out of necessity alone, I think more people follow my method, but let us know people. Okay, so I guess we can go into it proper. So the musical opens with a prologue and uh, the next song is Picture Show. And I'm just going to mash them together. So the prologue is an instrumental version of How About a Dance, and it's played kind of in a retro style with black and white slideshow of an open road in the background. And the music in the background and also the slideshow are kind of suddenly interrupted by noise and flashing lights. And then when the music continues, we see Bonnie and Clyde dead body in the vehicle. And then we cut to 14 years earlier. So we see young Bonnie singing about her dream of becoming a famous actress at her father's funeral, while young Clyde dreams of becoming a criminal to gain financial stability. And then throughout the song, we see them grow up trying to achieve their respective dreams. Bonnie works hard as a waitress trying to make it into a business, while Clyde gets into juvie. And then as an adult, him and his brother Buck get sentenced to prison. Um, what are your thoughts? So I really love this opening, not just the number itself, but like the fact that it opens with two dead bodies. I'm like, yes, this is what we need. And <laughs> <laughs> I like when the story is a circle, you know what I mean? So like you open with something that you know the end and then you kind of start from the beginning and kind of show the audience how we get to that. And I think it makes sense in this one because a lot of people are familiar with Bonnie and Clyde. So it's not going to be a surprise mm-hmm. that they're going to die, right? So this yeah. is probably a very conducive way to do it. Exactly. And the song picture show, I think it's actually quite catchy music-wise. And you know how there is a, a, a section, I think it's the young Clyde, and then he goes like, bang, bang, you're dead. Yeah. And then it gives me chills every single time I listen to it. 
I think is over dramatic. No, I feel like that's a that's a pretty normal make believe. Like you know how you have like police and robbers or however the, the the game is called where you have two kids chasing after each other and one of them is going to be like the police officer or a detective oh, or something right. mm-hmm. and the other one is a criminal so obviously aspiring to become a criminal that's the messed up part of it but carrying a gun like there are a lot of toy guns out there I feel like that part is something that is more understood and respected in a way in like western society as like a, a make-believe game but the criminal aspiration is what I had problem with personally. Right, right, right. But I don't know, maybe, I feel like maybe they're overdoing it almost a little bit mm-hmm. to paint him as like, oh, he's going to grow up to be somebody who's like violent and who's going to violate the law or whatever. And maybe that's the media. Maybe that's really how he is or how he was in real life. Right. But I don't know. I just feel like maybe they're overdoing it but right. for Bonnie's part, I think it's actually quite realistic in a way that, you know, a girl like her will want to grow up to be famous, who will want to be an actress. And I feel like that's probably a very common dream at the time. Maybe still now. I don't know. What do oh, you think? For sure. For yeah. sure. I mean, Bonnie is very run of the mill. A lot of girls dream out to be it dream to become actresses and mm-hmm. models and poets or just gaining some kind of fame. And that's what she wants she doesn't want to be necessarily an actress because she's passionate about acting she wants to be known by people mm-hmm. and for Clyde so he definitely does seem more psychopathic as a kid like the way they showed him <laughs> yeah. I 100% agree with that but they also try to humanize him a little bit with having a motive behind it just like Claire well, sorry Clara just like Bonnie has hers so he doesn't want to be poor like his parents so he wants to be financially stable and considering the setting of when this is taking place, which is the Great Depression, I understand that. So he wanted to have something grander than what he had. He want, he's ambitious. And that was the reason why he wanted to go into crime. That's the easiest and most uh, reliable way he saw into getting the money that he needed and wanted. So that's the humanizing aspect. I think that is probably the different like of uh, Bonnie and Clyde um, career wise Mm -hmm. but personally I really really enjoyed the prologue just like you so I think the set design is very very clever they had the um, slideshow thing happening and after the slideshow they also had a lot of real life pictures from actual era and from the actual crime scenes happening too flashing in the background and I think the way they did it is very tasteful so it wasn't overpowering what was the like actual thing which is the two dead bodies it was something that gives you more of a mood of the time and what is happening for me and also I really enjoy the music that made it more I don't know they gave it more like of a scenic view because it felt very retro to me it kind of felt like it was almost on one of those like recorders those old recorders I forgot what they're called do you know stereo no no older than that oh like the one you have to put a needle one and then okay okay I know what you're talking about oh geez I don't know (laughs) I don't know the name of it I know know what you're talking about I know the name of it in Hebrew (laughs) I know the name of it in Mandarin (laughs) oh perfect exactly (laughs) um problem of being bilingual exactly oh my god but I'm pretty sure people will know what we're talking about like, I hope so <laughs> the, the big black 
thing and then you have to put your a, a needle on it gramophone to play it. apparently are, are you googling yeah i googled oh, it nice <laughs> yeah how is it called in mandarin hey jiao chang pian ji oh it's a long name in that hebrew is a called, long name yeah in hebrew it's called patifon oh that actually sounds quite similar to english gramophone I, because it both ends in phone i think That's yeah probably... it both ends in phone yeah yeah um so yeah that that gave me kind of like a more scenic vibe to it mm. i don't know did it transport you into the 1930s somewhat so just like the whole view of it and the whole music and everything surrounding it because it's totally it good to me it does i i don't know what this genre is but like it definitely feels old it has that black and white and then maybe it's the setting too It just feels like you're watching an old movie. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. That's exactly the vibe I got. Uh, but in terms of the picture show, going back to the musicals, this is the first number that I became familiar with. So this is what my friend and I were considering performing. And I became very, very familiar with it throughout that time. And uh, I really, really like it. I really like the young actors here so the actors who played Bonnie and Clyde they sound really great together and they also sound really similar to their adult versions so I think both their acting and their singing was really impressive and I really like yeah. to give props to the casting director because to me they sound really really close especially the actress who played young Bonnie I thought it blended really really well with the actress who will play adult Bonnie that's true if, if I go back to listen to the soundtrack itself It's really hard, not really hard, but like you can still hear the difference, but mm-hmm. they do sound really, really similar. And yeah. it's like, how do they even find this person? That's amazing. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> they did such an amazing job. And I think Emma looked it up actually because she recently became acquainted with this as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently the actress who played Young Bonnie is not performing in Broadway anymore. And I think that's a little bit sad because she sounded amazing here. Oh. But if she found a different passion in life, that's great for her. I'm happy for her. But she really should come back to Broadway. Yeah. She has even an inkling, inkling of going back to it because she sounded fantastic. And in terms of the adult actors, obviously all the adult actors here did a fantastic job. But I'm really partial to the actor who plays Clyde. He sounds like really good when he's introduced. So if you remember, he is introduced when he is going to prison. And he sounds really, really menacing almost. Mm-hmm. So it's such a sharp difference between the young him who sounds obviously still a little bit deranged, but more childish in his endeavors and adult yeah. Clyde's who sounds scary almost. So I think he did a really, really good job there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in general, he has a lot of difficult acting parts where you have to balance out being like boyishly charming and being terrifying, <laughs> mm-hmm. pretty much terrifying. And he does really, really well. So He's probably my favorite performance in this entire musical. Fun fact, he's actually, I think he plays in Death Note, the English version, oh, too. Oh, so, no way. He played in Newsies, too, I know that. Oh, okay. I mean, I know that we're going to cover Death Note one day, but yep. we're probably not going to cover the English version. I don't know. We but should do both. We should do both, because yeah. now I'm interested to see how the English one sounds because of him. <laughs> Oh, you listen to the, like, to the Japanese one? No, not yet. Okay, okay. So you have still no familiarity with, like, nope. the Death Note musical. You just nope. know of its existence. Yeah. Okay. Oh, really, What? really sad thing, now that you remind me, reminded oh. me of it. What happened? So I should have been reminded of it 
previously when we talked about K-pop, the K-pop musical has been canceled. <gasps> no. Yeah. That's too bad. I was really sad. And I was, I was really- actually really excited about that. Me too. I literally was so excited when I told you about it when we went to get like bubble tea or whatever. I was like, oh my God, did you hear about the K-pop musical? And now it's no more. Maybe after the pandemic. I don't know. From my understanding, it's off completely. Like it's not going to be Seriously? coming. Yeah. Oh no. It's not just because of the pandemic. That's okay. <laughs> That's sad though, but it's okay. It is oh, sad. It now is that sad. I'm reading his Wikipedia, sorry. I'm just going to put Jeremy in Jeremy Jordan? Yeah. Yeah. He's also in Waitress. Oh, who was he? Probably Dr. Think? Pometer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I think he definitely has the voice for Dr. Pometer or okay. anything. I was really blown away by his performance. Literally. It can be a really creepy Earl too, though, I feel like. Maybe this is his performance as Clyde like has a very strong impression on me. Yeah, honestly, I was really blown away. It was really good. Um, okay, so the next one is The World Will Remember Me. So Bonnie is at the restaurant and is being nice to the customers. She's being taken advantage by some of the customers, but she holds her ground. And uh, one of the people coming in is Ted, who is working in law enforcement. So at the end of her shift, she needs to get back home, but her car is busted. And she's being helped by Clyde, who in return needs a ride to Dallas. And they hit it off right away. He lets Bonnie know pretty much from the get-go that he's an outlaw and talks about his plans. And at the end of the number, him and Bonnie kiss. Or specifically, Bonnie kisses him. So she's the initiator here. What do you think of it? I like the song. Mm -hmm. I think theme-wise, this would probably be my favorite, especially the reprise. But music-wise, like, I have another favorite. But we'll get to that. And I find his uh, line, which is, we are not born to die in Texas, so funny. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Um, just very curious to see what Texas looks like, to be honest. Yeah, I bet it really depends on where you go. Like, if you go to the big city like Houston or... Um, whatever it might be really nice but if you go to a suburb it might be a little bit different in a way (laughs) I don't really travel to USA very much Mm -hmm. so let alone I've never been in Texas before I've only been to New York and New Jersey so (laughs) USA is so big it's like literally not literally impossible but it's very unlikely that you'll be able to travel every single state so yeah. people do that people do like a road trip between all the states and it's like their summer vacation that would be nice that would be nice yeah definitely after the pandemic though i would love to go to us for some of its um attractions like what oh yellowstone would be really nice oh, i want to go to like yeah. arizona too mm-hmm. and i went to san francisco before and it was very very nice too oh that really good Disney food. world or disneyland no I was there for to visit like a family friend. So I we see. didn't really do too much of a touristy stuff, but we see we do see like some sides of the city that's not very touristy, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, I think going back to the US would be nice. I would specifically go to New York and see Broadway shows. I wouldn't yeah. <laughs> probably go to anywhere else, but Uh, In terms of what I thought, by the way, about the song, I really like it as well. I think it's a really, really good song. Specifically, I really like Clyde and Jeremy Jordan's voice in in this. It's just like such a good voice. Oh, my God. And I really like the confidence he exudes when he talks about his plans. And to Mm -hmm. me, it reads more boyish charm than the 
arrogance. And I feel like, as I mentioned before, it is a really hard balancing act. And the fact that he exudes this kind of more boyish charm make you like him more, which is really necessary because later on when he's going to go off the rails, you need something to chain yourself to to still like him as a person somewhat. So I think this kind of number is really, really important. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, I really like the reprise, as you mentioned, too, which will come on later. Um, it's just such a good song. Honestly. It is. It is. Up until song. the first act in particular, for me, I found is full of bangers. Like a lot of the songs here are really, really good. Yeah. So I was very impressed. Yeah. So the next one is you're going back to jail. We cut to Buck, uh, which is Clyde's brother, as we mentioned, and his wife, Blanche. Buck is hiding from the cops at Blanche's hair salon while Blanche is covering for him. So Buck wants to run away with her to New Mexico, but Blanche, with the help of the woman at the salon, helped convince him to turn himself in and finish the rest of his sentence. Uh, I really, really like the song. Buck gives me such a himbo energy, and you can see he truly loves Blanche to turn himself in, which is what he does in the end, like he resolves to do at the end. And especially after he hears all the story from the salon patrons <laughs> who were very, very glad their husbands are in jail. And Blanche is like, oh, I'll be faithful for, uh, to you, don't worry. And you can see the level of trust he has in her to still go through with it. And in general, I think it's like a really fun comical song. And all in all, it's also pretty effective. It gives country vibes, which makes sense considering this is in Texas. So I think like this is really, it makes sense plot wise. And also I think it flushes out Blanche and Buck Buck individually and also as a couple. So it does so many things right. It's comical, which is great. It's country, which makes sense with the setting. And it follows the two nicest characters in a way in this entire musical. So it has a lot of like good uh, points for me at least what do you think yeah I agree it's one of the funny ones mm-hmm. um and the first time I listened to it like I literally laughed when the other women like start talking about how nice their lives has become after their husband yeah. go to jail <laughs> and then in the background you hear like Buck saying that I don't want her hanging around here no more I and know. I'm like <laughs> I see you Buck it's okay <laughs> Um, which is really funny but flow wise I actually thought this song should switch its place with the next song so like how about a dance because we really cut to you know like the salon scene for just the song Mm -hmm. but the next one we cut back to Bonnie and Clyde and the next one we cut back to Buck's family scene so I thought flow wise it's a little bit chunky Mm -hmm. so I thought it makes more sense like you know after Clyde and Bonnie sings the this world will remember oh my god I can't speak will remember me and Mm -hmm. then they kind of continue that chemistry with how about dance and then we are like kind of cutting back to another scene and then they reunite with Clyde and so on and so forth but that's just my personal preface I thought it will make more sense yeah I think this is one of the criticism I have for the musicals like sometimes it doesn't flow as smoothly mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of pause here and there especially in act two but I'll leave more of that when we get to act two I guess right. but for going back to the song itself like I personally don't mind listening to it. I think it's quite a funny number to listen to. And like you said, you really can get to see the connection they have with each other, which is really nice because I feel like Clyde and Bonnie has more of like a passionate love connection. So like their romance is very like 
almost like a wildfire. <laughs> like it comes very quickly. But then like in the song, I guess, you can see that they have a deeper connection. There's trust, there's foundation. And most important of all, like I guess there's respect for each other. Like they're literally like trying to make each other a better person. And the good morality of like trying to turn yourself in again to serve your sentence so they can have a normal life together. I think it's like a very sharp contrast to Bonnie and Clyde. So I like that comparison. So does Buck try to make Blanche a better person? Definitely not. But but the other way around is definitely true. Mm. I feel like Blanche is trying to make him a better person. I agree. But when we see like what happens between Bonnie and Clyde is like, Bonnie is trying to be good, but then Clyde just like, nah, let's go down this road together. But <laughs> this then, is exactly what happens with Blanche and Buck in the end as well. Which makes no sense. To be honest, that's another thing that I have with this. It's like this song established Blanche as such a, a good person with normal mor- morality. And then so like, why does she decide to because this is game. what really happened like if you I remember, know I know but like yeah. then why do they paint this in this picture anyways that's it just doesn't make sense in my head like I as see. a musical if you don't know what happens in real life it just doesn't make sense but mm-hmm. I guess like because they want to fit in like what happened in the history mm-hmm. that's why the plot like happens as it is I guess I think it does yeah. make sense to an extent to the extent really? of her love for Buck is really really strong and also she figures helping heal Clyde which is the reason why Buck went there back in the first place is a noble thing to do. She herself didn't actually aid in any of the robberies she just went with them so she didn't actually have an active harm in, but... in real life too. Oh, I don't know about her in real oh, life, okay. but in the in the story for sure. Okay. So uh Hmm. I totally agree with you now that you said it about the jaggedness of the numbers. So it would make a lot more sense to put how about a dance right after the world will remember me because it will continue their chemistry like 100%. I think it would work a lot better that way. The only reason why I think that might be a problem like hypothetically is maybe they need to recuperate themselves after the number because it's a pretty demanding number. It could be something along those lines. But Mm. if that's not a problem, I really couldn't see a reason why it shouldn't be switched because I think switching it would make a lot more sense narratively, 100%. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing (laughs) with me. (laughs) No, I totally, like you convert me, you made me see the light. I totally see how this would make it flow better. But now that we're talking about it, I guess we can go to how about a dance. So Clyde and Bonnie spend some time together and talk about their hopes and dreams. Clyde wants to run away and be free with Bonnie coming along. And Bonnie wants to be a published poet. They don't necessarily get along, as you mentioned. So They are very passionate, but they argue a lot. And after arguing, Bonnie reiterates her resolve to be famous, and she wants to be a poet, actress, and singer. Clyde asks her to sing something for him, and she sings How About a Dance. And honestly speaking, the song doesn't really have a purpose in the plot, and it was likely kept because it is very beautiful. But that being said, it probably is my second favorite song. I just think it's like really amazing like it's really romantic and even somewhat optimistic of a way for um bonnie to show who she is as a person and what she wants so i really really like it but what do you think i like it too it's a bit jazzy and it's it is, nice yeah. 
And I like the you may lose your heart part. Mm-hmm. And it's just so, so nice, so charming, you know? You can, <laughs> <laughs> I like the way she sings it. And like she's, um, even though she's only in a very simple dress on stage, but you can really see her charm. Well, at least like I was totally charmed by her. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a very nice, nicely done number for sure. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you. So the next one is When I Drive. So Bonnie takes Clyde home and he meets her mom where he finds out Bonnie is married. Her husband was in jail and uh, though he isn't there anymore, he is not at home and he doesn't want to be with Bonnie apparently. So Clyde runs away when the cops come looking for him but arrange to meet with Bonnie before leaving. And uh, he runs specifically to Buck in Blanche's house. And we see the two brothers are very close with each other. And uh, we also see that Blanche doesn't like Clyde. They talk about future crimes and the fame they'll receive from when Clyde starts to, like, describe all the stuff he wants to do. And the dreams and all the gateway vehicles for um, the crimes that will commit. And he also generally just describes his love for driving in general. So what do you think about this song? I think it should be noted that this whole scene is performed on a chair. I thought that it was amazing because Mm -hmm. the two of them like constantly stand on it or like sit in it and then they like makes it look like they're trying they're they're driving which is really 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 cool Um, and it's a pretty good foreshadowing too because you know they eventually die in the car or whatever and even before that they are both shot dead in in a vehicle like they do live their life like driving from one town to the next and I like Buck's voice too so and generally musically it's a pretty nice number yeah other than that I don't really have too much to say about that what do you think? Personally, I really, really like this. So you know me, I always like when family is one of the big themes there and specifically Mm -hmm. when the family gets along and the energy they have here, especially since they're describing stuff that is so childish and they kind of describing childhood like dreams. They're really fun and infectious for me personally. And again, we have Jeremy Jordan's vocals, which are amazing. And the acting between the two is really, really good. They definitely have like a lot of chemistry and they play off one another like really well and now that you mentioned by the way the chair thing it tiny bit just a tiny tiny bit gave me like grease vibes you know how they like the entire <laughs> thing is about like driving and whatever and they have like the gel black uh, back here and all that kind of like I don't know imagery gave me very grease vibes but I really really like the song actually I think it's very high energy and it's very sweet yeah so- I agree Yeah, for the next one, we go into one of my less liked number from Act One. So in general, I think like Act One is amazing, but this is probably the first one where I wasn't like raving about this. So it's God's arms are always open. Bonnie meets Clyde at Buck's home and Buck tells them that he is planning on going back to jail. Clyde tries to convince Buck to come with him instead, but Buck sticks to his guns. And then Bonnie tries to convince Clyde to go turn himself in so they can live a clean life. And Clyde hits her and threatens her. And in return, she hits him too. And Clyde storms out. Blanche and Buck go to church where the priest is preaching God's forgiveness before Buck turns himself in. 
And meanwhile, Clyde goes on a robbing spree before ultimately getting caught by Ted and the police. So for me, the song starts very lukewarm. And I usually really, really like gospel music. So it's a bit unusual for me. Um, And then around the time when the priest says, praise the Lord, the song really picks up and it takes a turn and because of that, I like it a lot more. And also, I really like the chorus part. So really, the first part of the song before the praise of the Lord is like meh minus or meh to me. And then after that part, it is pretty enjoyable. But what do you think? In general, I don't really enjoy the song too, too much. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty meaningless in my opinion. It's not that memorable. I guess they need, just need something to showcase all of the stuff that you just said and all the stuff that happened and it's hard to have just one song to cover all that so there is this really group like random group of people singing and you just see all this stuff happening on the stage at once so I can understand why it would be convenient for them to create a song like this to just get things going but Unfortunately, I think the song just didn't really do the trick for me. I just mm-hmm. didn't really enjoy it melody-wise. So it's okay. It's not horrible. Don't get me wrong. It's not like Emily. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I keep bringing this up, but um, it's not that horrible. It's not bad. It's just not something that I will go back to listen to for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, the only reason why it doesn't make sense narratively is because this is you know, the southern states in America, and they're very religious. Blanche is quite religious. You see it all around. And she did tell Buck that she's going to church first, and then he's going to turn himself in. Mm -hmm. So I like that part. And also, the priest will come back later in Act 2. And I liked the change that is going to happen to the priest. So having him being introduced first is really important for the change to be noticeable. So it's kind of like a foundation for the act two priest for me, but I can see why it's not as connected as the rest of it, especially since he doesn't have much of a personality at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next song is you can do better than him. So in prison, Bonnie and Blanche uh, are visiting Clyde and Buck and he reveals that Clyde has been abused in prison. Bonnie missed her date with Ted, who wants to reschedule it, but Bonnie rejects him, and he asks her what she's doing in prison, and when she tells him she's going to visit Clyde, he warns her against seeing him, but she doesn't care. What do you think? Again, I feel like this is not that relevant, (laughs) to be honest. I don't get the love triangle they're trying to put here, because it has nothing to do with the plot. And to be honest, at first, I even thought like Ted is a made up character until <laughs> I, I searched him up on Wikipedia and I'm like, oh, he's actually in, like a police officer who is responsible of like hunting down the two of them. Yeah. And he did admit that he had a crush on, on Bonnie, which I guess is why they decided to do like a love triangle ish kind of thing here. Mm-hmm. But for me, it just the love triangle really isn't the main focus of the plot. It doesn't really change the story in any other way. So I just don't feel like it's necessary to include a number for the, the two guys to talk about their feelings for Bonnie because it literally didn't change or won't change anything. I guess, if anything, maybe this is trying to imply that 
there is someone waiting for Bonnie if she chooses to have a normal life and then mm-hmm. that her tragic ending is by choice. But I don't know if that's the purpose of the song. And if not, then I really don't understand why they need to have a number like this in here. Mm-hmm. I think the point of Ted is to have an in on the police department because we do cut in between the robberies and the police department and their plans on how to catch Bonnie and Clyde and how to catch the criminals in general. So it's really important to have a character like Ted so we would have that sense of suspense. That is the purpose of Ted for me. But he is not a very like developed character. He seems like a nice person or at least that's how they portrayed him the majority of the time seems very like law-abiding and very conventional and ordinary and having Bonnie reject him like you said and reject that notion of life shows that this is something beyond a shadow of a doubt that she wants for herself and I think she'll really talk about it later on in act two with like dying it so bad but this is kind of like the first hints we have because she is very reluctant to mm-hmm. have something with Ted, but she and Clyde hit it right off. Mm-hmm. In terms of the song, I like the idea of Ted and Clyde, who are really opposites of each other in pretty much every way, duet about their love for Bonnie. I don't like the line, you want to do better than me, <laughs> specifically, because <laughs> it seems really arrogant and possessive. But I do like the idea of the duet between the two and having Bonnie make the choice of what she wants. Mm-hmm. But I really dislike that line. The okay. next one is, uh, I guess, your musical favorite, which is You Love Who You Love. So at home, Bonnie confesses to her mother about her relationship with Clyde. When her mom chastises her, she and Blanche do it about not being able to control who they love. So tell us all about it, Claire. <laughs> so I just think it sounds like a Disney song, to be honest. Right? right? I wrote the same thing. <laughs> And I thought it was like nice, you know, it sounds nice. It definitely, I can definitely see this like showing up in a Disney movie. Musically, it's just a nice song to listen to in general. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I like it and it's musically my favorite, but narratively, I have some disagreement because throughout the show, like you get to see the message of like, oh, it's because of love is often used as like a common excuse that because they love someone that they somehow really don't have a choice in how things go or like they can't leave a guy because they love them or whatever Mm -hmm. and um and they don't have a choice because you just love who you love right but obviously I think that is pretty bullshit yeah I just personally don't believe in the whole if I fall in love with somebody then there's nothing I can do because I just love them. So right. I have to like support them 100%. I feel like if you really do love somebody, you will want the best for them. And that is for them to be a good person, for them to not hurt like other people and for them to have a good and stable life. Obviously, this is just me talking and living in the, the current modern days that we do right now. It's probably hard to imagine what life looked like back then with, you know, all the poverty. And this happens during the Great Depression, too. And they're from Texas, too, which, you know, things are extra hard with the dust storm and everything. So Mm -hmm. maybe things are way more challenging back then. But it still doesn't take away the fact that if you love somebody, you will want them to be good. And I don't think love here can be used as an excuse, like, 
just going down with them together. So fundamentally, I don't personally believe what they're trying to communicate here, which is why I'm having a hard time relating to the song, even though it sounds very, very nice. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Uh, I think it's a very sweet and peaceful song. I 100% agree with you. It kind of gives me like Barbie or early 2000s specifically, Disney-esque vibe. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's like a really good song in my book. Like that's that's a compliment for sure. It's not the absolute best they have for me, but it's still very moving. And I like the harmonization between Blanche and Bonnie. I think it works really well. Narratively, I'm a pretty cynical person, I think, when it comes to this kind of matter. So I 100% agree with you. You should, and you do absolutely have a choice with who you love or how you interact with them. And in my opinion, it's always 100% more important to take care of yourself Mm -hmm. other things it does pretty well so it does foreshadow what Blanche does which is go with Buck in the end even though it's against her morals in a way and for Bonnie it's very obvious we see it right away but for Blanche it's something that is a little bit more subtle and I like that they laid up here um, yeah, so I don't think this is something we should relate to. So I feel like the fact that we don't find relatable is probably a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, the next one is raise a little hell. So Buck and Clyde are facing the judgment for their crime. And due to turning himself in, Buck is released while Clyde receives a much harsher sentence. And I think it was like 16 years in prison or something like that. Mm -hmm. And we cut to six months after and Bonnie is still crushed about, you know, the judgment. Her mom tries to make her feel better and encourages her to find an honest, stable man. But obviously Bonnie is not persuaded by that. And meanwhile, Clyde uh, Clyde is being sexually and physically abused in prison, and he contemplates suicide. Bonnie arrives right then to visit him and sees his many bruises, and Clyde devises a new plan. He asks her to help him break out of prison by giving him a gun, and she agrees to do that. And in between, Clyde makes a makeshift weapon, I wasn't really sure what it is, and he kills one of his tormentors. And for me, this number and performance are absolutely fantastic. You can see the desperation and madness when he makes his first kill. It's just such a well-done number. I love it so much. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, sorry. What do you think? (laughs) I absolutely love this song, too. It's just, it's such a good song. And it is at this point in the song, the show, that we see he changed from more of, like, a schoolboy to... I guess a quote unquote rattlesnake before the song, like he's always kind of like a dude who thinks about like committing like maybe smaller crimes and like chilling around and not being really um, having like a stable job, whatever. But then he's not purely evil, if anything. Mm -hmm. But then here, especially from cutting from the first um, chorus to the second chorus, you can see that he changed from being desperate because the first part is like, I would rather die. Like, I want to die than living in the prison. And then later on, he's like, I'm going to kill. And you can see that transition in his face, in his voice, like emotionally, you can see that smooth transition to a different kind of person and this is I guess his turning point to become I guess quote unquote evil Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then it's very 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 great performance it's just so convincing I guess it doesn't mean that he doesn't need to be held accountable for his crime but then as audience you can really develop like 
sympathy and empathy for him because of the environment that he was in is definitely to the point that it was so unfriendly. It was so much torture and he was being like constantly being ignored and he's assaulted too to make him more of a monster than he would have become if he didn't have that sort of environment. I think the song really did a perfect job of helping you to walk in his shoe and helping you to understand why he did what he did mm-hmm. and, um, and in a way to like him more, even though that he has done some really horrible things. I, I could really sympathize, to be honest. I mean, it's just so awful what he's been going through. You can see the horrible environment. Even You can't see his assault. So um, they mentioned that he's been both you can see that he has been physically abused. I mentioned he was sexually abused and the guards are just making fun of him. They're saying like, oh, you know, he has a girlfriend in, in prison, um, making fun of his like assaults. So this is a really horrible environment. And the the weird thing is I, I understand why he did it. And the real problem, I think that happened even narratively with the murders that he commits only starts in the second act when he murders an innocent person. Yeah. So I think even the narrative kind of like, oh, okay, this is, this is okay to an extent, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but regardless, the performance here is so well done. It's just very shaking to the core and the music itself, amazing. Like I was really blown away for this one specifically. It was really good. Yeah. Uh, and then we have the act one closer, which is the world will remember us. So um, Bunny helps Clyde escape prison. Clyde shoots the guard and the two run from the law. Bunny tries to convince Clyde to go straight, but Clyde manages to convince her to just do a few robberies on the side with him to find to fund her like Hollywood career. No big deal. Just three jobs were done. And uh, you can see after that, like their breaking out of prison made them really, really famous. And a lot of the public start to like them. Mm -hmm. which is something that will be really shown to a different degree in act two. And personally, I think it's a really, really great act one closer. The two are really at the top of their game here since all either of them really ever wanted is to be like rich and famous. And that's what they got really. And essentially it can all go down here, downhill from here. And there's no other way for it to go because we know the ending. So the song itself is really amazing. It's a beat. It sounds very mischievous to me. So I like it a lot. What do you think? Yeah, I like it a lot too. And I agree with you. I think this is a very, very, very good act one closer. And it makes so much sense to see, Mm -hmm. you know, the duel come together and that they're on their way to become the famous Bonnie and Clyde that we know um and I also like the interesting foreshadowing of like a hell of a ride in Mm -hmm. the song and you know since they got shut up in the car I don't have anything negative to say about the song to be honest um like I said I love the reprise of the song so and I already enjoy the song when it first came up so all in all I think this is a really really good closure of act one and even though I'm very confused like how did Bonnie just got convinced just like that (laughs) and I'm like Bonnie are you thinking straight but she definitely wasn't (laughs) definitely not (laughs) love blind 100% and it happens a lot of the different times when she had like doubts the way that Clyde convinces her is essentially like they kiss and she's like okay I'm good 
and you can really see love is blinding her <laughs> until she is convinced by what is happening i think like when she starts to get it, to get involved with the crimes she kind of has a cognitive dissonance and she thinks that what she's doing is the only way for her to experience life to the fullest mm. so up until then what convinces her is passion and when she does her thing she really internalizes it yeah Okay, so now we get to the act two opener, which is made in America. Bonnie and Clyde continue with a string of robberies while avoiding getting caught by the authorities. And the public at the moment is actually very, very sympathetic to the couple because the setting is the Great Depression and it sweeps across the country, leaving everyone in need and impoverished. And through all of that, the priest tries to convince the public not to resort to crime. What do you think? Uh, Thing-wise, I think how it opens up with the crowds th- uh, talking about Bonnie and Clyde, it's, it's actually quite clever. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about this before, saying that you like to see how Act 2 kind of move things a little bit um, from where we left Act 1. And I think this is like a good opening in terms of how we see um, people being, you know, empathetic or sympathetic to them. People are supporting them almost. I like how the stage is designed in a way that we were shown with a lot of peasants and civilians, like normal daily, you know, people in the lower class. And on the background, you also see some footage or pictures during the Great Depression. And the overall, like you see people like wearing the dusty color tone. And that kind of reminds me of like dirt, poverty and lower class, which really convinces you of the support that they're getting from the public from these people who are like at the bottom of the society who has no money who's also struggling to make a living and they obviously would be the group of people who would see Bonnie and Clyde as (laughs) interestingly like a role model almost so I like how we're shown with those and the footage the picture of the real pictures that was taken during the time was also adding the facts to why people like why the general public was supporting them at the time too but music wise again it's not the strongest in my opinion if anything it actually sounds a little bit repetitive like in terms of the genre that's actually one of my criticism for act two too Mm -hmm. is that a lot of songs kind of start sounding quite similar to each other um but that's just me what do you think it's actually my favorite. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Oh, that's okay, that's okay. I don't think like you criticize it unfairly or whatever. I just see it a little bit different from you. So for me personally, I guess we we'll, can start with that. So it's not even about the narrative. It was love from first sight. <clears throat> so a lot of the time I need to like warm up to songs and that will like like later become my favorite from the musical or sometimes I even need to see the songs in person to appreciate them fully but not with this one like on the first listen through I did for this like I had to go back and listen to it like three more times because it was so good so I from the get-go loved everything about it and it really doesn't have anything to do with the narrative but it does have some really good narrative so I mentioned a priest earlier on. Um, I find the change in him very interesting considering how he went from God's arms are always open to they will face the judgment day and to being like to condemn literally everybody. He needs to put the fear of God in a way. I don't like that expression, but put the fear of God in a way in people in order for 
to dissuade them from committing crime because it was such a desperate time for everybody and he needed to do something for the society not to collapse in a way so you can see how hard it was for him to manage everybody as kind of a cultural leader because usually in a small town priests and police I guess and other like authority figures quote-unquote will have a lot of power and people would look up to them and now that they have images of Bonnie and Clyde they have other people to look up to and other alternative ways to do things and he really needed to do something for this not to happen and I also think it was really helpful in understanding why Bonnie and Clyde became so famous as they did so I think you talked a little bit about it but showing how desperate everybody was and how struggle how much they were struggling and just like the fact that they need something to look up to and needed a hero and Bonnie and Clyde's were there, it really cements how they become famous. Because when you think about it, it's not like their crimes were so scandalous, something that have never been seen before. Like, you know how true crime is really popular and a lot of serial killers are, they have like a fandom, which is crazy. I, I really don't want to interact with any of those people, but... I understand why this is more interesting to them because these are very sensationalized, horrible, horrific crime to listen to. Mm -hmm. But robberies are not as sensational, I think. So you need to understand how could something like robberies be interesting enough for people to perpetuate this for almost 100 years since then and for it to be still important in the cultural scheme of things, right? Mm -hmm. So I think this really helped me understand why this was the case. And the last thing I really liked about this number that helped me showcase all this is how the different views of America echo through these two groups. So like the duality of it, like the priest is like, we're better because we're American and the common folks represent we're worse because we're from America. So like this is a country that is supposed to represent the American dream. We're supposed to have everything, yet we have nothing. And the priest is like, oh, we are still the best country out there, right? So having all of these themes juggled together, that really worked for me. And in general, like I just love the music so much. I tend to like repetitive song a lot. So I guess that's less of a surprise, but it's just such a good song for me. So for me, it's a highlight. All right. So the next one is Too Late to Turn Back Now. So at their latest robbery, Clyde shoots an officer, killing him. And that's kind of what we mentioned when things start to take a turn. Clyde goes back to Bonnie and tells her of what happens. She freaks out and she wants out of their lifestyle. And Clyde tells her it's too late for her to get out. What do you think of it? Yeah, it's interesting how one kiss can change your mind, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) It must have been some hell of a kiss. I know. Either he's really good at it or that she's never had a kiss before. Well, we know that's not true considering we've seen them kiss before. That's true. That's true. But yeah, I'm not sure if that's actually what happened in real life. Like, does she actually wanted to get out? Because I read both theories online. Some mm-hmm. says that she is just a girl in love who wanted to, like, make it big. And that she wants to be famous. But then mm-hmm. she never really want any trouble. Like, she doesn't want to commit any crime. And then the other says that she's kind of just, like, going with the flow. And then she enjoys the, the life on the road. So I'm not sure which one is right, but um, from the way that they portray Bonnie here, I'm just so confused about how did the two of them love each other so deeply? Because Mm -hmm. it seems like she is not enjoying the life. She doesn't want any trouble. She doesn't want to hurt anyone. And with one 
kids, she's just like, oh, even if I go, my mind is still going to be with you. So, there, so there's no point going.、Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, since when did the two of you have that deep of a connection? I guess that's another thing is even though you do get quite a bit of songs、uh, to see the two of them, you know, being together and kissing and whatever a lot, but I'm not quite convinced that they. Do indeed have that much or had that deep feelings、mm-hmm. for each other. So it's hard for me to understand why she's being convinced. Which I actually I can think of one interesting part to talk about from her perspective. So we see that from the very beginning that her dad passed away from a very young age, right? And she probably didn't grow up with a a father all that much and. In my opinion, that might makes her vulnerable to like romantic relationship to the point that if somebody like claims that he loves her or like when she feels that passionate love, it's harder for her to let it go, even though that she knows the person isn't really on the right path. So that would be one interesting point to elaborate, but it just wasn't really talked about much, unfortunately.、Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I really don't find their romance very compelling because、yeah. obviously it's not very fleshed out. I think it's mainly predicated on passion、mm-hmm. or lust, even though a good amount of months elapsed, right? So it's not something that happened from one day to another. So it's interesting how they fueled it. Still,、uh, a bit unusual, I guess. But I do like the few moments that they have together. So the Little banter they have, for example, before Bonnie and before the reprise of "Dying Ain't So Bad," I thought they seemed very, very sweet together. So I did like that.、Uh, I don't know if you felt the same, but they did have their moments. It just they didn't seem like a very convincing couple to me. As a song, though, it has a bit of a rockish edge to it.、Um, the musical, I feel like, communicates different styles of music really well. So they went like gospel to rock to country, and managing to like balance all that is really impressive to me. And like the actors have that kind of versatility, that's also really good. So I appreciated that. I like the too late to turn back. Now they do have a few rockish songs, but I like. That kind of genre, I guess, where it's not like too rock out there, but it's like a musical version of it. So I enjoyed the song pretty, pretty well, actually. Um. Okay. So the next one is that's what you call a dream. Clyde sends Buck letters trying to convince him robberies are easy, vic- victimless crimes, and he is planning on graduating from robbing stores to robbing banks. Buck tries to persuade Blanche to join Clyde while she states she has everything she actually already wants—an、um, ordinary life with Buck. Personally, I think it's just such a beautiful song, and Blanche is probably the one true person in this musical so far. Maybe except Ted, who is like nice and enjoyable to watch because you can see she's a good person, and her love for Buck and conviction to stay a good moral person as much as possible are what really draws me to her. So I enjoy this one. It has like the southern edge to it from like. Blanche herself, because she kind of reminds me a little bit of Dawn with her accent. You know what I mean?、Mm, okay, interesting. Yeah, 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 and also her like need to be a good person and stuff like that. So I really enjoyed that 
I don't know. I really liked this song, but I didn't like it as much as the songs in Act One. Generally, I think Act One was a lot stronger than Act Two for me. But what do you think? I would cut the song, to be honest. You would? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Actually, from this song on, like the next maybe two or three songs, mm-hmm. I feel like are quite disappointing. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think I would cut this song is because, first of all, it's not as nice. Yes, it's a sweet moment. Yeah. But we already learned that she wants a normal life with Buck from Act 1. So why do we need a different number to talk mm-hmm. about the same thing? So that's my question. And two, I think Act 1 in general, even though there, there are some chunky parts, but it flows way better than Act 2. Like, again, we talk about how Bonnie and Clyde, like in the last song, they talk about there's no turning back now and they have to have a life as criminals together now mm-hmm. then we cut to buck again to have like this sweet moment and then we're cutting back to bonnie and clyde for what was good enough for you yeah it's like to me it just doesn't make sense why are we cutting back and forth with different scenes with different emotions almost so I don't really understand why this song was even necessary to put in here because first of all we already know what she wants it just doesn't make sense to put it here and second of all it interfered with the emotion or like the the plot paving (laughs) for Bonnie and Clyde which is Mm -hmm. supposed to be the main character of the show so I feel like in general they spend way too much time on the side characters not saying that they don't deserve a solo or anything, but I think we already give them enough intention and we don't really need more because she is going to get more. She's going mm-hmm. to get another one later, not, not a solo, but like they have a, a moment later too. Right. So I just don't really see um, why we need to put the song in here. I can see your point for sure. You could cut some songs but it's not necessary. So the runtime of the musical is about two hours, which is relatively short for a musical. Musicals usually last about two and a half to three hours. So maybe they're trying to pad the time even, but I think it's also really important to have a character that is very likable and she's the closest thing we have to a very likable character. So that could also be a reason why they want to give her more of the stage. No, but like Bonnie and Clyde supposed to be the likable character. Did you I find them likable? Because like. I did not. I think Clyde is more understandable. Bonnie, I can no. never relate. The moment that he slapped um, Bonnie. I mean, he's a jerk. But I like when Bonnie defended herself. It's an abusive herself. thing. It's not just a jerk. <laughs> like to me, that's like, oh... I don't like you. But then they're <laughs> criminals. So like you can't expect them to but be But their love good. their love is what made them famous. If he is abusive to her, that's not love. Which is why I think they should pay more attention to the chemistry between the two of them because it's so not convincing. Like the chemistry is convincing, the I love don't... is not. Oh, okay. I think both is not as convincing as oh, I would okay, like okay. them to you be. You did not buy them as a couple? Like, I can see them trying to, like, date for, like, a month or two, but I don't yeah. see them, you know, being together for that long. And it seems like they truly, deeply love each other, which is something I can never relate to. So, mm-hmm. and I'm really more interested in more of the, you know, the gunning and running part of their <laughs> life. So yeah. I think everyone definitely paved the right way to how they meet, how they decide to be together, how Clyde convinced Bonnie to live this kind of life. 
together. Right. But then afterwards, when they're committing crimes, where they're running together, like when they're, you know, the, all the gang life and whatever, like we don't see it as much, mm-hmm. I think, which the was thing supposed is, to be the selling point. No, it opinion. shouldn't be. The reason why they're famous is because they're a couple, I think. Like the reason why they're famous is not because of their crimes. I'm not saying that we should be looking at more of their crimes, but like... Oh, okay. I thought that's what you were saying. Oh, okay, no, 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 no. What no. were you saying? No, just like their relationship during, you know, oh. after they become criminals, okay, after okay, they okay. commit the crimes. I see what you mean. Yeah. I then, agree they should put more of a focus on the relationship in general, just because they're not convincing as a right, long-term right? couple. Yeah. I agree 100%. You can only see the passion they have for each other. Exactly. So I do think they have chemistry, but as a couple, I could never see them lasting in a million years. Yeah. <laughs> Which I didn't. So I guess it's accurate, maybe. Uh, but I don't think that's that's the kind of end they envisioned for them when they're writing the musical. I don't know. But that's just one of the things that I would like to complain. About oh, I noticed that too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like the fact that they don't seem like a convincing couple that are write or die for each other, really, in like the romantic way, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But that's a- I have to say, the actors are both brilliant, though. They Definitely. both have really nice vocals. They're really great um, in yes. terms of acting and everything. But it's just, oh, there is something lacking for sure. I agree with you. Um, the next one is what was good enough for you. So Clyde comes to his parents' house to visit, and he and Bonnie reflect on the different lifestyle their parents lead, saying it's not enough for them. So it's a pretty easy going premise for the show for the song not a lot going on there it's still a good song but it's not something that I could see myself going back to listening to very much unless I'm listening to the entire album it's very relaxing in a way it almost gives me like a Parisian feel for some unknown reason maybe it could be because of like the reflection of the couple feeling confident in the robberies and getting used to their celebrity status and like affluent lifestyle quote-unquote but it doesn't seem that important to me at all and the fact that there is so little of the plot happening before they launch into the song it just seems like it's not very useful to me personally but what Mm -hmm, do you think mm -hmm. I agree And kind of similar to the last song, I don't really understand the point of this song, to be honest. Like, musically, it's not that nice, too. And it just sounds like another previous number. Yeah, I'm I'm honestly a little bit distracted at this point. I was when I was watching it, and I'm like, what is happening now? Me too, actually. (laughs) I noticed I was doing a lot more, like, I was pausing the video a lot more during Act 2 than Act 1. Yeah, I don't pause it, but I just zone out. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I start like looking at my phone or like get distracted and do something else. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I need to write down notes for the song. So I need to go <laughs> back to listen to it. And that's how I guess bored I was. Yeah. <laughs> because I was really confused. Like what's what's happening? What's going on now? Right, right, right. Yeah, the same thing happens to me, but I guess instead of letting it continue, I just pause it because he was like, oh, maybe I should check like Pokemon Go or I should check like my Instagram feed or whatever. Uh, Yeah. So the next one is probably my least favorite song from the musical, and that's Bonnie. So Bonnie and Clyde went to rob a, uh, a bank, but the bank had no money. So I guess I'd put a side note here. The sequence, personally, I thought was very charming. And they have, like, a whole banter between 
um, which name should come first, Bonnie or Clyde? And I got to agree with Bonnie. B comes before C. Therefore, Bonnie and Clyde <laughs> makes more sense than Clyde and Bonnie, just like Becky and Claire makes more sense than Claire and Becky. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Oh, I'm just geez. kidding. Okay. <laughs> I mean, when we do our introduction, you always go first. So I guess that's why. I know. But on social media, you're written first, I think. So. Oh, really? Yes. I'm flattered. <laughs> so we, we do it interchangeably. Maybe that's how they should they should uh, do it. But I think B comes before <laughs> C, B makes more sense. So I, I thought this banter that they had was really cute. But uh, the, back, the bank owner shoots Clyde as the pair leaves the bank. And... Clyde shoots him in return actually and so when Clyde shoots him he fatally shoots him and when the bank uh, owner shot Clyde he only shot him like in the shoulder lightly so Buck leaves Blanche to take care of Clyde even though they love each other very much he couldn't leave Clyde behind if he knew he was suffering and we also cut to the police department we learned that they commissioned headhunters to hunt and kill Bonnie and Clyde and while all of this is happening, Clyde sings Bonnie a love song. And for me, it's a very whatever song. I would like cut it in 100%. I know it's something that's supposed to like funnel their love for each other a little bit more, but I don't get that much lovey-dovey feelings from it. Yeah. Uh, I like the callback though they had about like Bonnie reading her poetry and Clyde constantly interrupting her in the very beginning of the musical and during the song they have a callback to that so I think that's nice but no, it's not very memorable it's just like a throwaway song for me agree I think this is another song that I wouldn't mind skipping or cutting and it just doesn't really do much narratively I feel like they just want to put in something here because there's a lot of things on the go in terms of the plot. So we get a little bit of like Buck coming to Clyde. We get a little bit of the police department. Like we get a lot of the things that are happening, but we get a Bonnie song with the yeah. two of them in the bathtub just singing to each other. Like it doesn't make sense because there's a lot of things moving. And then they decide to do a song, not to capture all these scenes, but to capture what happened between them in a bathtub. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, this musical doesn't have too, too many duds for me, but I would definitely think that this one is a dud. And in my opinion, the only reason why they put it there is to, they like remembered last moment that, hey, Bonnie and Clyde are supposed to be a lovey-dovey, like they're supposed to be in love as a couple and we don't see them very much being in love and they want something to communicate that this feeling is still there. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they did it effectively. Yeah. The next one is Raise a Little Hell Reprise and I'm going to couple it with Dying and So Bad. So Buck and Blanche come together to help Bonnie and Clyde and the two go visit Bonnie's mom who wants her to turn herself in, but Bonnie refuses. Buck and Clyde go rob a bank while we cut in between the robbery and the police department planning their hunt for them. So Bonnie and Blanche wait for the two to come back when Blanche asks Bonnie why she chose to live this kind of life when she could have anything she wanted and whether she's scared of like dying because it's very likely that if she and Clyde ever get caught, they will be killed by the cops. So Bonnie says she feels everyone else is already dead and only she and Clyde are alive. So dying and so bad. Um, 
So I guess background, Dying Ain't So Bad is probably the most well-known and best regarded song from the musical. But personally, I never liked it all that much. And also as a solo, I always preferred How About a Dance a lot more. I don't know. I don't know what about it, just I couldn't connect with. But it seems very unmemorable, kind of like a generic ballad to me. So even though it's most people's favorite and you could hear like the audience she probably had the biggest applause and the longest applause after like um dining so bad compared to any other song Mm -hmm. i just could never connect with it what do you think yeah similar to what you're saying being bonnie's solo i definitely prefer how about a dance too i can't really relate to her because even though she's claiming her love in that oh i don't mind living a short but loving life mm-hmm. and dying isn't so bad it doesn't feel like it's coming from her heart truthfully mm-hmm. to me it feels more like she's trying to convince herself considering she wanted to get out earlier i am not sure if i'm fully convinced that a life full of crime and running on the roads it tr- is truly what she wants because of that, I, I guess I can, I just never can really relate to what she is trying to communicate here. But her vocal is amazing, though. Agreed. Melody yeah. just isn't that nice. Agreed. I 100% agree with that. It's not about the melody not being nice. It just sounds very generic to me. Like, yeah, it's an okay song. Just not memorable because it sounds like every other ballad I've ever heard. And next bunch of songs i think how many reprises are there one two three four five reprises so all of these are going to be reprises and they're reprises of the song god's arms are always open you can do better than him picture show dying ain't so bad how about a dance so i don't think i've ever said the word reprises so often in a sentence before this (laughs) so it must be some kind of a record um but there is a whole slew of events happening buck and clyde come back from the bank and they celebrate with bonnie and blanche but they're followed by the police the four try to escape but buck and bonnie are shot and buck is fatally shot actually so clyde leaves him to die and tries to convince blanche to come with him and bonnie um Blanche refuses to come with and she gets captured and charged with aiding and abetting. Clyde feels mournful about Buck's death and is being comforted by Bonnie and they know their end is near but they still make a run for it and in the very end they get shot and killed together while on the run from the police. So I only have, I think, something to say about two of these reprises. reprises. Mm -hmm. Buck dying, for me, is such a gut-wrenching moment. And I felt really, really bad for Blanche, specifically. Just because she was hardly involved in anything. All she wanted was to protect Buck. That's why she came in the first place. She wanted to make sure he wasn't going to get killed. And that's what happened. And on top of all of it, she was charged with a bunch of crimes that she likely didn't commit. But I don't know. And... um, at the reprise of Dying Ain't So Bad, I thought it was a really, really good and very emotional reprise. So out of all of them, a couple, maybe three, most of them weren't necessary, but Dying Ain't So Bad was a very good reprise for me. And the actor did like a really amazing job with that. What do you think? 
yeah I kind of lost track of like which reprises is happening anymore <laughs> but I agree with you I think dying and so bad reprise is probably the best of all yeah I don't feel too much though still because I think Buck's death is too close to the finale so it's a little bit hard to be emotionally engaged again another criticism on my I don't think it flow very well I feel like after he's shot dead and we have this emotional heartbreaking scene of Blanche like saying goodbye to Buck and then afterwards like everything moves way too quickly I think so in terms of think how things flow I think it's a little bit questionable but I still really like the final scene when they you know sit in the car and ties back to how the show begins Mm -hmm. Um, and it's very creepy because when they sit into the car the background shows you the headline and the pictures of when they were killed so it's very creepy in that way and you hear this uh, repeating melody that kind of goes on throughout the entire show so I think it's left in a very creepy yet sweet vibe which is pretty nice to be honest I like the ending but just how things are led up to the ending was a little bit questionable because everything just moved way 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 too quickly and because they use reprises to walk you through all of these things it's very easy to lose track too (laughs) so yeah, that's my that's one thing that I want to complain about. But yeah, I, I have to agree 100%. It did feel rushed. I saw like there were six minutes left or whatever. And then I saw we still had five reprises. Yeah. I was like, how <laughs> the heck are they going to fit all of these reprises within these six minutes? And they did it, but it felt incredibly rushed. Yeah. All right. I guess we can move on to our overall thoughts. So do you want to start? Okay. So overall, I like the theme and I enjoy like a more crime related, darker story in general. So this is definitely my cup of tea. But how the story was delivered is a little bit disappointing. Essentially, I think whatever made Bonnie and Clyde special is kind of missing from this musical because there's not enough sufficient character development. The, the flow of musical is a little bit weird. And a lot of the times, like some songs are not that impressive. Is They're not that memorable. And they sound quite similar to one another, especially in act two. So mm-hmm. all these things adding up together just means that it's not really a well flowed like very smooth story that you can follow and the other flaw that I think is not enough meaningful attention is paid to Bonnie and Clyde in general like we do have a lot of the time like looking at um, like Buck and Blanche we do have like some time to look at um, Ted even but as main characters who are supposed to you know, let the audience understand them to a deeper level. I feel like there's something lacking. Now, we don't really understand. Well, at least I feel like I was a little bit not convinced, especially about their love, especially their uh, relationship as a couple and like how their relationship has changed after they become criminals. It could definitely be improved, like flow-wise, plot-wise, character-wise, and music-wise. Mm-hmm. So it, it unfortunately falls a little bit short in each of these categories for me but in general I still enjoy it as overall tone and um, and the actors definitely made it up for me right 
Yeah, I can see what you mean in terms of the tone. To be honest, I didn't notice it much in Act 1, but in Act 2, I definitely did. I really enjoyed the set design and also a lot of the costumes. So I thought the set design was super clever. I can't imagine all the costume changes Bonnie specifically had to go through. Yeah, Um, yeah, they were like, she had like about like upwards of eight to 10 outfits. So a lot. And really big props to the actress for being able to go through all of them, even though most of her um, outfits, I think, were relatively sleek. So it was easy to layer them one on top of the other. And I think it also looked very 1930s. So it worked in that in that regard. In terms of Clyde's costuming, he had like maybe three or four suits and it reflected where he was in life and his characterization really well. So I liked that aspect. The real pictures from the events of the musical were very expertly done in my opinion the way they're layered the fact that they're kept black and white not only gives a good idea of what the ambience is but also makes sure that it doesn't dominate an expense of the actors who did a phenomenal job all the actors here really really did well including the child actors which I think is something that is very difficult to like get like really good child actors that match their adult versions incredibly well I don't know maybe they made them in a factory somewhere specifically tailor-made for musical but they were so good I really enjoyed the majority of the song especially in act one it just uh act two as you said had more songs that blended into each other and were less memorable to me and the fact that it ends with five reprises is a little bit of an extreme exaggeration I think like you're stepping your bounds here a little bit buddy but I had a pretty good time watching this and I'm not a big fan of tragedies at all but I think this is a very well done tragedy in a way that I don't mind it and it leaves more of a content feeling rather than a depressed I hate everything feeling that tragedy can sometimes (laughs) do so I actually enjoyed this uh this pretty well before we go into our final rating though Claire do you want to introduce this Yes. So as usual, this is our quiz time. And today we're doing a quiz called Which Bonnie and Clyde Musical Character Are You? And where's this from? I can't see. Uh, Quote TV. Right. Or quote V, maybe. (laughs) Maybe I'm reading this incorrectly. Oh, sorry. Yeah. But uh, sorry, I'm the one who fed you the wrong information. So sorry about that. (laughs) But I want to preface this. It's not I mean, the person who created us, thank you for creating it regardless, but it's not like the best quizzes that we've ever taken. Uh, It seems like this musical flopped on Broadway and it doesn't have as many uh, which character are you type quizzes as other musicals we've covered. So the first question is which Bonnie, uh, sorry, is what shows are you into? And the options are drama, romance, crime, thrillers, animations. I'm having a difficult time choosing between crime and thrillers, but I'm going to put thrillers. Animations. Are you usually early or late? I think it depends for what context. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) It really depends for me. Like if it's something that is related to, I don't know, school or work, I would say probably very, very rarely. But if it's something that is related to hanging out with people, I would be late sometimes. Yeah, I'm going to put late. I think so too, yeah. What quirks do you have? Constantly fidgeting and can sit still, many tattoos or piercing, often sick or has allergies, 
always wear a face full of makeup, enjoy enjoys pranking people or being mischievous. None of these apply to me. Yeah, me too. So I'm gonna say can't sit still. Me too. <laughs> How often do you people watch? Very often, not much. When I'm bored, I do not get out of the house to be around people much. Not sure. I'm gonna say when I'm bored. I would say not much. What odd jobs would you be terrible at? Talent delivery specialist, snake milker, chick sexer, which is in brackets, someone who determines the gender of chickens. You learn about them in psychology class, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you learned about them too? Yeah. <laughs> it's universal. They say lad rats, but I'm, ass- I'm assuming they're saying lab rats. Though I would like the idea of a lad rat. And the last one is reindeer walker. I'm going to pick rats because I hate rats. I would say lab rats because that's the intentionality behind it. Because if I have to be the lab rat, that sounds like a pretty horrible fate. Um, <laughs> I, w- I imagine it would be a really good reindeer walker, though. That sounds fun. But this is, would you be terrible at? Oh, that's, no, I know, I know. That's why I'm not picking it. Oh, I'm okay, like, okay. That sounds like a fun thing to do. Yeah, it does I don't like understand why it's here. <laughs> Any scars? Yep, I have a lot. Nope. I have mental, emotional scars, no physical. I have emotional, mental, and physical scars, a couple. I'm going to choose, I have emotional, mental, and physical scars. <laughs> um, I think I have a couple of scars. What, what's your favorite animal sound? Screech, growl, bark, 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 meow, hum, and buzz. I'm loving this because I get to hear you pronounce all these sounds. Oh, I, I could have put more heart into it. I can redo it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to choose Meow. Me too. What was your favorite toy growing up? Slinky Dog, Barbie Doll, Legos, Nerf Gun, Computer Games. None of these, actually, but I'm going to pick Computer Games. Um, I'm going to choose Barbie, Barbie Doll. Okay. I never if, played Barbie, actually. Never? How about Brats? No, I don't think so. Are you familiar with Brats? I'm like not a doll person. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. But didn't you play with your sisters? Like, is your sisters a doll person? We're pretty poor. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, I didn't mean to pry. No, no. All good. <laughs> um, the next one is, if you, if you can time travel, which era would you visit? Industrial Revolution, Victorian era, Age of Discovery, the Roaring Twenties, Stone Age. Victorian era the roaring 20s i just don't think i would be i mean if if you have the protection of being like maybe a white male maybe it would be different (laughs) but as a woman i feel like the roaring 20s would probably be the safest place for me okay favorite drink coffee soda energy drink water tea tea water okay which one did you get what the who the heck is this <laughs> who is it bob bob what is bob, is bob? <laughs> who is this bob is there a last name elkhorn elkhorn who's maybe it's the priest i don't know let me google i who see the- old people <laughs> who is this oh he was the sheriff oh <laughs> what the heck Oh, that's okay. I also got somebody obscure. I got Cummy Barrow. 
I'm assuming mm-hmm. that's his mom. This quiz is very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. The only other two quizzes that they have is which one are you like which one are you more like Bonnie or Clyde and it was a bunch of yes no questions that were very obvious or there was a 30 question quiz well there you (laughs) guys have it it's an interesting quiz you don't have to do it but if you but if you want to know some characters who you probably didn't know this is a great way to get to know them this quiz, by the way, was made in 2019 and 155 people took it. I took it twice. So technically, I guess it's 154. Did you get the same results? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Because I, I chose the same things. Oh, but okay. Makes sense. Why would you do this? Why would you list these people? I have no idea. <laughs> but nonetheless, thank you very much to a person who is credited under the name me for making the... Uh, the the quiz so <laughs> thank you for making it because it gets to fuel my narcissism I guess not in this case because I don't know who Kami Barrow is but <laughs> <laughs> thank you nonetheless all right so I guess that's a wrap for us today if you want to talk about this episode with us you wait a second we haven't oh. done the final score <gasps> you're right you're right I went ahead sorry okay now we have to have a prolonged um what is it called drum roll we'll have a prolonged drum roll for this occasion ready okay i'm gonna give it six out of ten claras okay clara bows yep okay um (laughs) i guess i have to do 7.5 out of 10 billy the kids if you're doing clara bows oh nice so yeah if you do want to talk to us about this episode any previous episodes that we talked about already or you want to give us a recommendation for future episodes to cover you can contact us at podway podcast on instagram twitter and reddit or if you're not a social media person you can email us at podwaypodcast at gmail.com all right thank Thank you you so much